0: Let us turn in our Bibles today to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and I'll begin reading in verse 12 through verse 18. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. None of us could have known last Sunday morning when we finished the message with verses 9 through 11, speaking of Christ being highly exalted, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth." And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we read that and looked at that last Sunday morning, none of us could have known that between that time and today, one of our own would be there with him rejoicing and singing praises worthy is the Lamb. Now, I may come back to these verses next time, but today I want to speak to us from six words in verse 16. Six words, the first six words, holding forth the word of life. For the last 22 years, this is what Cody Groover has been doing in Mexico. Mexico. I remember Cody was with us in our first service in 1977, October 1977, when we first began this church. He later joined the Navy and served for several years, and when Wenner graduated from college, they married and lived in Virginia until Cody finished his time in the Navy. They moved back to Houston. Came a part of our church, and started their family. Cody became burdened to preach, to preach the gospel. And he did so whenever he was given the opportunity. He preached here for us several times, and I know in other places. Then he took his family, his wife, Winna, and his daughter, Andrea, and his sons Austin and Cade and went on a vacation to visit his parents in Mexico. And of course while they were there they attended services and I believe there happened to be also Brother Paul Mayhan visiting at that time pastor in Rocky Mount, Virginia. And Cody translated for him. And when they came back When I told her mother, she said, Mother, I know we're going. He was determined to go there because he was called and preached the gospel. I saw four things that made him, in my opinion, an ideal missionary in Mexico. I saw four things in Cody. First of all, he knew the truth. He knew the gospel of God's sovereign grace. Second, he knew the language. He'd been prepared to speak the language there so fluently, so well. And third, he loved the people. He loved the people. In Mexico. And number four, his wife was a true helpmate. Now, as we look at these words today, these six words, I want us to consider three questions holding forth the word of life. First, what is the word of life? What is the word of life? It is the gospel. It is the message of Christ. And the gospel tells us at least these four things. First of all, the word of life tells us who God is. Who God is. Who the God of the Bible is. Because as the Apostle Paul says, there are many that are called gods with a small g Many wannabe gods, many pygmy gods, as I like to say. But there's only one true God. And God is sovereign. And he works his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can stay his hand or call into question what he does. He is God. He's not a pretend God. He's not a God who tries, a God who wants to do something that men will not allow Him to do, but He is the Lord God of heaven and earth. To preach the gospel is to tell men to hold forth the the word of life, who God is, the God who is all all of us, our Creator, Who he is, first of all, and that he's the one that every one of us will one day stand before. That's what it is, first of all, to hold forth the word of life. It's to tell the truth about God. And number two, it is to tell the truth about men. The word of life tells us what our problem is. Our problem is that we are all sinners. We have all sinned against God. It's so easy to say that. We are all sinners. But let us recognize when I say that, we have all offended God. We have all, as it were, held up our fist in the face of Almighty God and declared, I will not have this man to rule over me. Listen to these words from Psalm 14. David writes, And it is a description of all of us by nature. This is a description of me. It's a description of you. All of us, all men and women by nature. They are corrupt. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And they are all gone aside. They are become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Did you notice that passage begins with They are corrupt. Therefore, everything after that is a result of the truth that by nature we are corrupt. And because we are corrupt, we have done abominable works. Because we are corrupt, that's our nature. There's none good, no, not one. Because we are corrupt, we don't understand. We don't understand the things of God. The natural man receiveth not the things of God because they are spiritually discerned and the natural man is spiritually dead. Because we are corrupt, we have all gone aside. And because we are corrupt, we have become Filthy. I don't like filthiness, do you? I just don't like filthiness. I don't like filthiness in my house or anywhere else I, I might find myself. I like it to be clean. Did you know that you and I, before God Almighty, are filthy? And ourselves, we are filthy. Filthy. And the scripture says all of our righteousnesses, that's our good works, our good deeds, before God are as filthy rags. When the fountain is corrupt, all of the water that comes out of the fountain will be corrupt. And that's what God says about us by nature. They are corrupt. We must be convinced, when God the Holy Spirit convinces us of sin, we must be convinced that there's nothing good we can do. There's nothing. Not a decision. Not a prayer. There's nothing. Because everything that comes out of us, us being corrupt, everything that comes out of us is also corrupt. The gospel, it declares the truth about man as well as the truth about God that he is sovereign, that man, our problem is that we have sinned against our maker, we have sinned against God Almighty, and one day we will stand before him. It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. I listened to a pastor from England recently, and before he became a pastor, he was a science teacher in a public school in England. And he said, this has been back several years, but he said he convinced there was five, I believe five science teachers in this public school, high school. And he said he was able to convince them not to teach evolution as fact. Now, he couldn't convince them that evolution is not true. He doesn't believe it's true. He knows it's not true. But he was able to convince them not to teach evolution as fact to these children. If you must teach it, and you must teach it only as theory. And he said that several weeks later, he got a message from one of the other teachers. And she said this to him. She said, I sure hope evolution is true. Because if it's not, I've got a lot to answer for. It's a religion, isn't it? Evolution. It's a religion, my friends. And it's man's attempt to convince himself that he is not responsible to God. Number three, holding forth the word of the life, not only to tell men who God is and what our problem is, but to tell us what God has done to remedy our sin problem. And he did this for the praise of his grace, for his glory. He planned salvation from before the world. The Lamb's book of life was written before the world began. He is a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The Lord God Almighty, he chose to make his son, he who is equal with him in the blessed trinity, God the eternal son, the word, he chose to make him the head and the savior of all that he chose to save. He did that from before the foundation of the world. And all of those that He chose in His head, in the head rather, Christ is the head. He is God's first elect. But all who are chosen in Him are chosen in Him by grace. And all of this took place before the world was created. Before there ever was a sinner... Before Adam had ever sinned and plunged the whole race into sin, God, in eternity, had purpose to the praise of the glory of his grace to save a people. Chose them in Christ. Gave them to his Son. And don't you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he received each and every one that the Father gave him. Receive them as members of his mystical body. As sheep of whom he is the pastor. Of his bride that he is the husband of. This meant that Christ, the eternal son of God, would come into this world. The incarnation. Just next month people will be singing Christmas hymns and Christmas carols. Joy to the world. Lord is come that's what it's all about isn't it it's about the eternal word of God joining to himself that body that was prepared him from the virgin Mary so that we do not have two persons we have one person in two natures he's both God and he's man he's man that he might obey that he might suffer, that he might bleed, that he might die. But he's God that his obedience and his suffering and his death would be sufficient to satisfy Almighty God on behalf of those who were given unto him. He came into this world as a man. And he was not esteemed. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we did hide our face from him. Now that's what God says God sends his lovely, darling son into this world, and how did man receive him? There's no room in the inn. He had no place to lay his head. As a man, he knew what it was to be weary. To be thirsty. And yet as God. While he was weary. Think of this. Sitting on the well. Weary from his journey. At the same time as God. He was upholding the world. Upholding all things. By the word of his power. God's appointed time. He was made a curse. Cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. But the Apostle Paul tells us he was made a curse that he might redeem us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is death. And God's law cursed every one of us because of our disobedience. But Christ, at God's appointed time, was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. His body lay in the tomb until the third day. And then on the third day, he came forth victorious. He plagued. Everyone knows what a plague is. Christ plagued death. (laughs) He conquered death. And he did that for each and every one that, that God gave unto him. That's the reason I heard the message the preacher preached Thursday in, in Yucatan. A blessed message. Faithful pastor. So clear. And this is one of the things he said. He said, Christ a Cody rather is complete in Christ. There's nothing we have to do now. He was complete. And every one of God's children, we are complete in Christ. And number four, the word of life tells us that salvation is by grace through faith. Turn with me back a few pages to Romans if you want to. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Apostle says, For if by one man's offense, that one man of course is Adam, by his offense, by his sin, death reigned by him, much more, I'm so thankful for much more, aren't you? Much more. They which receive, now notice this, abundance of grace and Of the gift of righteousness. Much more. Remember in the first chapter of John it tells us he was full of grace and truth. We receive abundance of grace in Christ. Abundance of grace. All kind of grace comes to us through Christ, right? Right? electing grace, calling grace, keeping grace. Every grace, we receive abundance of grace through Christ, through the second Adam, the last Adam. And we also received the gift of righteousness. I want to try to tell you a story that our daughter told me yesterday. The second service, Winna knew that they wanted to bring Cody's body back to the states, and so she took the clothes or sent the clothes to the funeral home that he would be dressed in, which was suit and white shirt and tie. Now, in Yucatan, Merida, Aguayabera, is a suit, white shirt, and tie. I mean, that's just it. The people had never seen Cody in a suit, tie. At the funeral home, when they came uh, Friday for the service, the casket, I assume, was open. They saw Cody's body. And the preacher who preached, he said, We see Cody Grover today dressed muy Elegante, very elegant. They'd never seen him dressed like that before, his body dressed like that before. But then he said this if we could see Cody, if we could see his soul dressed in that spotless robe of righteousness, how beautiful, how elegante. It would be that righteousness that he gives unto those who trust in him, a beautiful, perfect, shining robe of righteousness. Second question, and I'll be brief on these last two. How is the word of life held forth? The apostle said, holding forth the word of life. How is the word of life held forth? It is held forth by preaching, by preaching. A man called me yesterday, and if I understand the story right, he went to Mexico several years back, and he went there to be a missionary, but he didn't know the gospel. And his thought was to, to debate, to, in a public place, to debate Uh, Sort of like apologetics, you know, try to prove the truth of the gospel. And I believe he was riding one of the public transportation buses there and saw the sign of the church and, and went there or heard somehow and went there. And Cody told him, that's not missionary work. That's not what it is to be a missionary missionary is to preach the gospel preach the gospel. It's not our place to try to explain the gospel and defend the gospel. no preach the gospel and God uses his gospel. And this man was saved that I'm speaking of. Cody heard the command go into all the world and preach the gospel. He was instant in season and out of season. And let me tell you something. Here's something that many of you do not know, and there's no way you could know. Besides Cody preaching in our country, and just recently he made a trip through the southeast, many states in our country, he regularly preached in a number of states in Mexico. He preached in the Dominican Republic and a man originally from there called us Friday night thanking us or expressing his condolences and he said he heard the gospel and his mother who lives in Colombia, South America she heard the gospel. Cody's ministry truly among Spanish speaking people was a worldwide. From Italy, the Canary Islands, and as I said, all over the Spanish speaking world. The word of life was held forth, and as always, when the word of life is held forth, it is a savor of death unto death, and a savor of life unto life. And the word of life that Cody held forth was a savor of life unto many, and many have come and expressed that to Wena in the last several days. And third, here's my last question. What is the life held forth in the word of life? What is the life held forth in the word of life? It's eternal life. It's knowing God. This is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The life held forth in the word of life is eternal life. It is knowing God. It is abundant life. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. What is it to have life more abundantly? It is to have life that can never be lost. Adam had life, but he lost it. He came. Christ came that we might have Life, abundant life. Life that can never be lost. I read the saying just this morning, Christ, the fact he was given his sheep. And not one of them is going to be lost. And this author went on to say, if he were in heaven and one of his sheep was not there, he would search through hell, the grave, and everywhere else to find that one sheep. Not one is going to be lost. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Cody finished his course. Just like the Apostle Paul was able to say, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And not for me only, but for all those who love him, love his appearing. Let me remind us also that your faithfulness in supporting the gospel and Cody was always thankful. He, he was always so thankful that God called him. And you folks have been faithful to support him 22 years holding forth the word of life. Let us sing a hymn and then we'll be dismissed. Remember me.